Yas Queen! I'm a queen. I'm a quarantine queen. I, I, I'm a queen. I'm a quarantine queen. Welcome oh, back. <laughs> love that. Thanks, Thanks so much. much. Now I just try and think of something a little bit different every week, you know. Yeah, we'll leave the musical bits up to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think everyone appreciates that. <laughs> so, week three. Week, yeah, week three. Of, it feels like it's about week 20, but it's, it is week three. Yeah, it's kind of that, we're at that point where it just feels like never ending. Yes, and possibly it is never ending. <laughs> but we have to stay positive. We and are. And hopefully, you know, in some capacity, things will change on the 2nd of December. We can but pray, listeners. We can but pray. Absolutely. It has been a tougher week. I think that's safe to say. Oh, yeah, definitely a tougher yeah, week. Yeah, we've definitely had some, some... Mentally, physically. Yeah. And just to really summarise that, yesterday I actually went into work with odd shoes on, so... Which I'm absolutely posting a picture of, by the way, on the Quarren Queen's Instagram. Yeah, very professional me. I had one shoe with a square toe, one with a round toe, and it took me about two hours to notice. But they were both black. At least they were both black. So, I mean, I'd have been more concerned if they hadn't been. I mean, I'm still very concerned by the fact that you didn't notice. But, yeah, I'd have been more concerned if you hadn't noticed if there was, like, you know, very different colours yeah. going on. yeah. Now... News stories, funny news stories. So far, we have followed a definite trend of funny animal ones. We love an animal. But today, we uh, we break those conventions because this one is actually quite horrific. And very human. Uh, yes, Literally very human. human. So, I'm just going to read you the headline. <laughs> Woman left freaked out by gruesome organ, that is organ, found in kitchen after moving house now we don't mean an organ in the sense of a large piano often play, played in a church no we mean human organ part of the body let me give you a little outline so after moving into a new house a woman in scotland was shocked to discover the previous tenants had left a rather disturbing item in a jar in the kitchen i feel like the fact that it's in a jar makes it even worse no for me it's the kitchen part i mean why the kitchen bathroom <laughs> I can understand. So, Kitchen. bless her. So, Catherine Gaston, from Glasgow to be specific, was moving house and she basically discovered an aortic valve in formaldehyde. That is part of the heart. The valve that literally carries blood from your heart. So, she said, I was very shocked. Very bizarre. I mean, that's an understatement. Yeah. yeah. Can literally. you just process that for a minute? And imagine if, when you moved in your house... You found organs in formaldehyde in a jar in your pantry cupboard. I'd be worried I'd end up thinking it was garlic and grinding <laughs> it on like a paella. I'd be really, again, concerned if you thought an organ never was gonna... a type of seasoning or that yeah. you would mistake it for such. You're not going to ever eat my cooking again, are you? I don't know. You rarely do anyway. <laughs> now, the question that I'd like to ask whoever lived there before is why? Why would you keep that in your cupboard? Is it even legal? I don't know. Are they doing some sort of Frankenstein stuff in the attic? Oh, that's what I'd worry about. I wouldn't feel very comfortable staying in that house. Ever again, no. What else could be there? What could be under the floorboards? Yeah. What could be under our floorboards? Well, maybe this is like a modern Edgar Allan Poe thing. Ed Gein? <laughs> or, or Ed Gein, yeah. One of the Ed Gein's back. I mean, 2020, might as well bring back the serial killers. Goodness me. So that is the story. And it is still now 
leaves me quite disturbed. Yeah, it's quite haunting. It's not well. Never going to look in our cupboard the same way. <laughs> I mean, you hardly ever look in the cupboard. Oh, I do. I need snacks. <laughs> Life hack of the week. Oh, I like the little drop at the well, end. Well, you know, got to spice it up. Got to spice it up. Not with an aortic valve. <laughs> no, not in your pantry cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> Careful of those spices. Oh, never, anyway. never trust a paprika. Carry on. <laughs> in touch. <laughs> So this is the idea that we buy four presents for those that we spend Christmas Day on. Now, it's up to you. You can set price limits here. But those four are categorised like this. Something you want, something you need, something to wear and something to read. It's a nice little rhyme. Oh, it does rhyme. It helps you, uh, it helps you remember. So, okay. So I'll go in a bit more detail. Yeah, I'm, I, need, I need more here. So something that the person wants, something you know that is a little bit frivolous, that they wouldn't necessarily just buy themselves, okay? That's their want. Something that they perhaps have asked for. Then, with the next three, you can go off-list. <gasps> Off-piste. Off-piste. My mum hates it when Dad and I go off-piste <laughs> on a Christmas list. Surprise! Yeah, she, I, I, always, I always say before, so I've gone off-piste. <laughs> and mum just looks at me and I think, oh, that looks could kill. Bless her. Um, need. So something they need. So, like, you know, my Lockdown dad... Lockdown to be over. Yeah. My dad always needs new socks. That's like a dad thing. Stand- isn't it? That's a good standard, standard gift, isn't standard it? Standard gift. So if mum notices he needs a new socks, he gets new socks as his need present. Then he's got his wear one, which I suppose actually is covered in both if you buy socks. But then you get them something nice for them to wear. Now that can be like. Socks. Socks. <laughs> no, no, no. But, like but, maybe yeah, a jumper or. Something, yeah, something that they're not going to necessarily buy themselves again. Okay, so it's about thinking outside the box, you know knowing those people really well then read i mean that's a pretty obvious one but you buy them a book or something they can read based on them you know something you might have enjoyed whatever but you buy them something to read now we are thinking this year in my family of doing the read on christmas eve so that you've got something to read christmas night to get you to sleep because i still struggle getting sleep on christmas eve do you do you get excited no, do you get too excited, excited. Get excited. santa's coming um, I don't read on Christmas Eve. I just have copious amounts of food and watch Vicar of Dibley, oh, which I'll yeah. come on to later. Vicar of Dibley. Can't beat it. Cannot beat it. I think that's a really nice life hack. Simple, because I always think, like, it's better to have some kind of structure to where you're buying presents, because otherwise yeah. you, end, you end up kind of forgetting what you've got people in advance. You're trying to, you know, at least with these, you know, like, okay, four different things. It will be a range of different bits and pieces. So it won't be samey. And I might try and use that this year because I yeah. don't I do not do that usually. I'm just very much like, oh, I see it, I'll get it. I'm not really... And not it's, really planned. it's good because you know, like, okay, you might want to set a budget, say, like, 50 quid for all four, whatever. She'll or, be lucky this year. <laughs> or more, if uh, you're that kind of family. And then you you know that you're all getting roughly the same thing. Nobody feels guilty for buying too many presents or nobody's made yeah, too awkward. that is another thing, Especially, isn't it? I find that with partners the most. You're like, you know, one of you buys more than the other. Mm. Yeah, I think, and, and like, you don't, that's the worst thing, isn't it, when you, when you tell each other, oh, no, don't, you know, bother too much, or like any family member, and then, like, Christmas Day, they've got you loads of things, you've bought them a pencil from Aldi. I mean, like... <laughs> when you've agreed. When you've agreed, good. yeah, so... I think that's a lovely life hack. I think that's yeah. a really nice life hack. Thank and, you. And a Christmassy one. And Getting a festive, festive one. I mean, you could still use it for birthday as well. Yeah, you could. Depending on what you like to do. Thank you, Katie, for the life hack Much of welcome. week three. Much obliged. <laughs> Yes, don't do that. <laughs> I just make 
Don't do that, please. Sorry. I'm trying to focus on my next section. Which is TV. TV. TV recommendation then, Matthew. I'm going to speak really softly now so you're not Thank too scared you. of me. So, TV recommendation this week. I'm sure some of you will guess. The Vicar of Dibley. With oh. the gorgeous Dawn Friend and the, oh, no longer with us, Emma Chambers. Oh, yeah, very sad. Girl. Still can't get over that. No. Um, but it is the perfect TV series to get you into the festive spirit. And they're not all Christmas specials. There's like series one and two, they're like, just like every day. It's like mm-hmm. not, so, you know, if you're not feeling festive yet, still crack on. It's, yeah. There's, there's a know, hint of Easter about it There is too. an Easter episode special, but it's just such a wholesome funny comedy like you can't beat old british comedy like that yeah and it's it's not that old it's quite old it is quite it's old. aging now like it's we aging are now. it's like 20 years yeah probably actually 21 because it was in 1998 or 9 they started wow i know it's a long time oh i love it so much but it is just so it's, it's iconic heart, it's iconic it's heartwarming it can make you feel festive it's, it's generally funny and short episodes obviously i think the special's longer but it's all on BBC iPlayer now, so yeah. that's we were kind of like, oh, we haven't watched that for ages. And Although was... I think both of us do have the box sets. Yeah, but we don't do DVDs anymore. We don't. It's just not a um, thing. Not in this world. So iPlayer, iPlayer, BBC iPlayer. So we'll put a link on in our teeth recommendation section this week. But it is just, yeah, it's a lovely one. I think a lot of people forget about as well. Like I think a lot yeah. of people forget it, and it's safe. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you know, safe. it's not going to have any real like oh, old gel It's not going to have anything too much you it's know what I mean it's, like it's just lovely the sitcom equivalent of the archers and especially on like cold nights like this snuggled up on the mm. sofa watching a bit of Vicar Dibley oh you can't say fairer than that you can't say fairer than that book recommendation wow that was new levels I'm just improving now he's just riffing I'm a riffin'. I'm a riffin'. Carry on. Book recommendation time. My least favourite part of the podcast. But carry on. Only because you can't relate. I think it's only because I can't read. You might find this one a bit better. You say that every time. No, no, no. Genuinely. Okay, I'm going to trust you on this. Because it's an audio book I'm recommending. And specifically, I know you might think like, why is she not just recommending the book version? Because this is the Sherlock Holmes collection on Audible. Only on Audible. Should be paid for that. Other platforms are available. <laughs> We're on the BBC. <laughs> One day. <laughs> and what's special about this is it's read by the glorious Stephen Fry. Oh, he did the Harry Potter books, didn't he? I did exactly. listen to those. And it makes you feel really kind of relaxed and happy mm. listening to his voice. I'm sorry, that sounded slightly uh, sinister. <laughs> it was an agreement. <laughs> Well, on the sinister note, you know, it is really wholesome and relaxing, apart from the murder. Sorry, I can't believe I just ground on, on this. <laughs> um, okay. We're becoming more animalistic in <laughs> lockdown as weeks so, go by. I'm so sorry, listen, that's such an awful sound to make. He stopped shaving his beards down to his belly button. Whose? Yours. Now, now. <laughs> that would be more like yours. <laughs> Wow. You've got more chance of growing a goatee than me, mate. I know. That's <laughs> a really worrying. Thing. Back to the book, please. Right, Stephen Fry reading Sherlock Holmes. He also has written some brilliant forewords, which give you a really good insight what, just into the four. just the four <laughs> words. Yes, please oh, read this sake. book. Wow, Matthew. you know I know what you meant. I think <laughs> the bit at the start. 
It's okay, Matthew's definitely not an English teacher <laughs> anymore. Um, it's at the start, isn't it? A forward. Yes, a forward. A word before, if you like. Uh, okay. Yes, a forward. <laughs> I love how this is turning into an English lesson, but carry on. Uh, anyway, so he's got the whole collection of Sherlock Holmes on there, and he reads through them in a gorgeous way with a forward before, which is really insightful, and I really enjoyed it. And it's entertaining. It's not like, you know, highbrow kind of forward it's Stephen Fry chatting about his favourite books which is pretty cool and he gives some really interesting stories and I can actually imagine an audio book being a little bit more calming as well because yeah. you can literally just lie there it could be in the bath you could be on the sofa it could be in your bed it could be driving mm. to work yeah I quite often listen to them before I'm going to sleep and when I'm on a long journey mm. not before work you know it's I need a bit, a bit more than intense. than Stephen Fry's lilting tones yeah but I know I think that's a really nice recommendation and it's nice that you've gone for an audio book because um, people like myself don't really uh, like engage with the, engaging the with the form. actual reading form. Yeah, um, maybe if you did engage with the reading form, you'd be able to finish sentences better. <gasps> I think I finish sentences wonderfully. <laughs> Full stop. Mamma mia, here I go again. Mamma. How can I resist you? You've probably gathered from our musical interlude there that this is our movie recommendation. And our movie is The Exorcist. <laughs> now let's be real, it's not. No, it's really not. We're not going to get into that. Um, it is indeed Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, otherwise known as Mamma Mia 2. The best one. You are the quarantine queen. Oh. Yeah. Well, it, I love them both. Equally. I love them both, but... I. You know when you get like the second one after it's been like a long time, you think, oh, is it going to be as good? Are they going to overdo it? But because of the storyline and the like, the mix of storylines, it meant that actually it was like a whole new kind of completely new thing. It wasn't just them dancing on an island for two and a half hours. It was, uh, it was yeah, it was really poignant at times. And it did really miss Meryl, but it... she was uh, yeah, spoiler alert. No, but I feel like people need to know a little bit. Yeah, I mean, she does appear at one point. Yes, but the the point is that it's it is equally good, but in a very different way from like the original. And I think that's that was really important to keep it interesting and like fun. And it is so fun. And um, I honestly, Katie, I think we must have watched it near a hundred times by now. I mean, the amount of times we watched it over yeah. lockdown. I mean, it's such a well, it is like such a feel good film. And it's been a feel good f- film for me since it came out. I was going through a hard time when it came out, and I went and saw it about six times. <sighs> it's on my own. You know, friendship, family, love, and it's songs. just songs, and, Abba. And you know what I'm going to say here? Go for it. Share, share, Fernando. Oh, she's so good. She is, and that's a lovely sort of. Edition. I think they were even on about making a Mamma Mia 3 at some point, but I haven't heard anything. Yeah. I mean, lockdown and COVID would have probably stopped most of that happening. But I think I think they could definitely do a, a, a third one, especially if Cher's going to be in it more. Because you yeah. only saw Cher for a, a smaller portion yeah. of the film. I mean, she's still epic. Oh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping a lot of our listeners will, prob- kind of party. will have probably listened to it or oh, um, watched it already. But if you haven't, or you need a reminding of how good it is, it is fantastic. And it's so feel good. I yeah, just, it is. That's the main message from it. Yeah. It's good, it's fun, but the, like, it's real and poor level. And if it's... you're wanting, you know, something to do at the weekend whilst we're in lockdown, a little marathon of them both together. And you can actually, if you have, oh, I think it's only on DVD, but you have the karaoke version. Yeah. <laughs> Sing along with the film. Oh, what a beautiful thing. Our neighbours would be... Uh, 
Livid, probably, <laughs> if, we're, if we're honest with ourselves. Uh, yeah, probably. But it's, you know, lots of nice little ways you can watch it as a family. Obviously, you, you can do it virtually. You can set up like a Netflix party because I think the first one's on Netflix. Mm. The second one isn't, I don't think, but it is available on Amazon Prime. Um, and you can rent it for like a couple of quid. Yeah, totally worth, worth it. it. <laughs> Lockdown two. Hey! Lockdown two. Couldn't escape if I wanted to. What's that? Bake off theme, isn't it? Oh, I was not getting that vibe. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Wow. I tried. I failed. Anyway, folks, that brings us on to our recipe of the week. Um, thank you for those that uh, messaged or commented on our posts saying uh, about I've made how to get making one or. Um, yeah, it, it was nice to see so many people getting involved with that. And thank mm. you very much for your, uh, your little pictures of it. We'll try and put some up actually this week. Mm. That's nice. Katie, you were given the task this week to come up with the recipe of the week for corn creams. May I ask what you bring to this podcast? So this is a complex one. Oh, which, okay. Well, apparently it's David Attenborough doing it. I thought you were going for Fanny Craddock. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a complicated one. It's one you might not have heard of. Hang on, complicated. It's one you might not have heard of. It's a really rare food type. Know your audience. (laughs) What is it? It's bread. 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 Just bread. bread. A classic, basic, staple item. Bread. I do like a loaf. We love a loaf. I love a tiger roll. Mm. I also like Paul Hollywood. But that's, you know. Old blue eyes himself. Grey hair, silver fox. Mm. We digress. We need to uh, <clears throat> get back on to our topic, which is bread. bread. <laughs> so bread is pretty easy to make. It's a staple. We love it. It's also pretty easy to buy. <laughs> yeah, it's probably easier to buy, but it's so nice. Why? What's the deal? Come on, justify. Why, right. why is it we should make bread more than buy it? Okay, firstly, it's a key skill, right? <laughs> Imagine... I mean, it's not one you're going to put on your CV, but... I can make bread. (laughs) But imagine, right? You've got no food left, lockdown's happened or something, all the bread's gone. But you need a loaf of bread. You fancy a sandwich. A slice of toast. A panini. Well, yeah, okay, but you've got to buy that separately. (laughs) Anyway, we're digressing again. Imagine you're in that situation and you think, oh, it's all right, got some yeast knocking about the back of the cupboard. Or an organ. In a jar of formaldehyde. Yeah. No, don't put that in a loaf. (laughs) Very crunchy. So, yes, yeast. Yeast. Flour. Strong bread flour. Strong white flour. Is there different... Is it like a self-raising? You don't want self-raising. You don't want self-raising. You might want wholemeal. That's fine. That's cool. Oh, I do like wholemeal, to be fair. Okay. I don't. I'm fussy. So, salt, I assume? A little bit of salt, yeah. So, I'll talk you through the very basics of this. I would say about 300 grams of strong white flour uh, make a little well in the middle put your yeast on one side now a lot of people have made this mistake before including myself when i was making stotty cakes which would be a recipe for a few weeks time maybe mm, yeah depending if lockdown's still happening <laughs> um so a lot of people make this mistake put your yeast on one side of the bowl and your salt on the other because my food tech teacher shout out to mrs johnson told me that the salt will kill the yeast and some people just pour it all into that well in the middle but you don't want to do that okay Then you want to get some lukewarm water um, and add it very gradually to that mixture and then sort of stir it in. Wooden spoon works the best. Don't know why. 
And then you want to kind of get it to that point where you can touch it without all sticking to your hands and making sure it's all mixed in. Gradually add in water. You don't want it to be sticky. So then you want to flour your surface. And this is where you knead the bread. So imagine... You need to knead the bread. You need to knead. (laughs) Kneading is nice and straightforward. You're essentially massaging the bread. Massaging the dough. Oh, you know where we've gone again. We've gone back to Nigella. Nigella Lawson. Massage the loaf. Choose some nice lavender oils. Use a few pebbles. Yes, don't treat your loaf to aromatherapy. <laughs> or acupuncture. No. Oh, no, definitely don't. That would really ruin it. <laughs> so at that point, you then should have a nice stiff dough, which you will need which to prove. Which is not prove. sticky. <laughs> You'll then need to prove that. So you want to put that back in its bowl, probably. It's and then you want to put a tea towel over it and put it in a warm-ish dry place. Right, so once that's proved for about 45 minutes in a nice dry, warm place, you want to move on to knocking it out or knocking it back whichever you go by and that essentially is a very quick kneading process so you just knock the air out of it that's why it's called knocking it out knocking it back you knock it and get all of the air out so it's back to that original size then you go in for a second prove prove yourself twice (laughs) into the same drawer same drawer no no same drawer that's fine and then it will rise to about double maybe even triple if you're lucky in size and then that's when you know it's ready to bake so what happens then let's say like when Paul has like it's overworked what means he's probably needed it too much so once the second proof's done you can mould it into its shape and then grab a very sharp knife and just put some stripes or a pattern whatever you want to do on it so then you're putting it in the preheated oven you want to put it to about 200 degrees if you've got a fan oven if not a little bit hotter okay so about that and then Leave that for about 20, 25 minutes until it's golden brown and then give it a knock on the top. And if it makes a hollow sound, um, like a proper do-do-do, you know it's cooked. If it's Sorry, still a bit... Again. I missed it the first time. <laughs> but if it's a... It's not quite there. Yeah. Too dense. Too dense still, yeah. Okay. So that's the bread recipe. It comes to that time of the podcast where we do our thought provoker in our calming voices. Katie, you once again will be doing the thought provoker. Would you like to make us think? Good eye, mate. Oh God! Jesus. Sorry, I went a bit off piste with the thought provoker. In the very voice. aggressive. Um, and the reason I've introduced myself that way with a good eye with a bad Australian accent. We're hidden over Dan under to talk about mullet fist. Right, I'm going to stop the accent now. Mullet fest. Right, okay. So How is a, a fest of mullets? A festival of mullets. Oh my goodness. Um, so, mullet fest was invented to save a town, and it has done that. So this place was a bit down and out. You know, they didn't have a lot going for it. Uh, a like not a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. Didn't have a lot of money coming into it. Uh, wasn't big in the tourist industry. So this is a place in Australia called Curry Curry, I believe. Uh, apparently gorgeous but they needed to do something to get some finances flowing through the town so two guys invented mullet fest which is exactly what it sounds like a festival of mullets people take it really seriously don't they oh yeah people are big into their mullets our our meggie's into big into a mullet she loves a mullet she had one before god love her a shout out to meg second week in a row but it was her birthday this week yeah happy birthday week babe so mullet fest has categories including the everyday mullet, the grubby mullet, 
Oh, oh, stop a second. The grubby mullet. Nobody wants a grubby mullet. Oh, have a wash. Get some head and shoulders. Vintage mullets. Ex- From the dead. Dug well, up. <laughs> I, I would say a mullet's fairly vintage in itself anyway. Yeah. Extreme mullets, which I'm intrigued by. International mullets and a junior section. Oh, now that. Now, my favourite, however, is the red hair one. The red hair mullet category. And it purely because in Australia they call it ranga. Ranga? Like a rangatang. Oh, I don't know um, if I want to be called that if I had ginger hair, though. No. Ranger. Ginger pride. Have a day off. So then the final category obviously is best mullet of them all. Uh, so it's... It's like the elite mullet. Yes. I mean, I think it is serious, but not really serious, uh, because they talk about a fun-loving atmosphere, and their slogan is, party in the back. Because, you know... Party mullet, in the back. Mullet has Quite. a party in the back. So Mullet Fest saved this town... Um, and has become a massive thing. And I actually just think that's lovely. All the people that love mullets. Joining together. together. Saving a town. So this kind of provoked some thought in me. In the sense of what can we do to grow communities and to save our communities coming out of lockdown. I think that's going to be really important. Particularly, like we said last week as well, supporting local businesses and local trades. and Particularly in the hospitality sector. So especially now they can think about like Christmas presents and all of those things. Like I think for me, I I am going to try and do things a bit differently and not just go for the big brands. We do finally get back to some type of normality. When that vaccine is ready. Yeah, please see. Oh, you're not going to cry about it being the end of the podcast <laughs> no, again, are you? but it's sad because we are at that point. It, this time just goes so quick. Do you need a cuddle? No, thank you. He's not that desperate. <laughs> not that desperate. Um, once again, massive thank you to all of our listeners, and we really appreciate your feedback. Um, thank you for your likes on our Instagram page, with our daily tips, and our recommendations uh, that we post on there throughout the week. And yeah, you know, we, we keep positive. Yeah, we just hope you all are okay and safe. And like we keep saying all the time, communication is key stay safe stay well and we'll see you very soon stay positive but also negative yeah uh, yeah actually stay negative with your test results bye bye yes queen